Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to Independent Americans. Welcome to episode 189. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. And welcome to fall. Autumn is here, and September is going out in force. In less than two months from the midterm elections, this is most definitely a time to stay vigilant. I'm just asking, if there is such a prosecutor and they indict you, would that deter you from running for president again? I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. And as you know, if a thing like that happened, I would have no prohibition against running. You know that. You've already I do. Seen. And that's what I want people to understand. That would not take you out of the arena. It would not. But I think if it happened, I think you'd have problems in this country, the likes of which perhaps we've never seen before. I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. What kind of problems, Mr. President? I think they'd have big problems. Big problems. I just don't think they'd stand for it. They will not, they will not sit still and stand for this ultimate of hoaxes. Big problems. It's football season. And Trump is like a quarterback telling us what play he's going to run. It's the same play he called on January 6th. He's not even hiding it. We should believe him and treat it and him like the national security threat that it is. He's the ringleader, the Pied Piper of the American insurgency. That's what it is. That's what it should be called. And that's how it should be treated. And when they hear it, our enemies are celebrating. They don't have to fire missiles. They don't have to wage cyber attacks. They don't have to tear into us. They can just wait for the former president of the United States and his minions to do it. And they will do it, as we saw on January 6th. And they will do any crazy shit he directs them to do. And almost every day in America, they're doing crazy new shit that he hasn't even directed them to do. You can't make it up anymore. This is a real headline. Self-described patriots tried to clog up the veterans crisis line with bogus calls as a political stunt. Yes, that is a real headline. Jeff Shogel at Task and Purpose had the story this week. A group that was originally part of the so-called People's Convoy of trucks that were going to circle the Capitol. Well, these guys launched a concerted effort to crank call the Department of Veterans Affairs crisis line and urge their supporters to clog the line with calls complaining that veterans arrested for the January 6th Capitol Hill riot are being mistreated while in custody. So their solution is to jam up a crisis support line that suicidal veterans call when they're in their darkest hour. That's what they're doing. The stupid is on the rampage this fall. It's everywhere. And since flu season is almost here, it's more contagious than COVID, monkeypox, the flu, and cooties combined. It is a sickness of stupid. A man who identified himself as Justin Johnson urged supporters of the so-called 1776 Restoration Movement 
to call the VA crisis line and protest how veterans who were arrested for being domestic terrorists on January 6th are being treated in custody. This is the kind of stuff they're doing. Our friends are dying. And it's just another political game for the worst among us. They don't care about collateral damage. They just care about their own radical agenda. Trump has spawned and empowered a generation of political suicide bombers. This guy who directed people to jam the veterans crisis line is just the latest example. The stupid is real. The sickness is real. The threats are real. And stakes is high. There's a lot going on in America and the world right now as fall hits. Biden says the pandemic is over. Congratulations, everybody. Good job there. That sucked. Puerto Rico has been hit by another major storm. Hurricane Fiona slammed the island this week, and almost half the island has no water. Most have no electricity, and many are warning about us repeating the mistakes made after Hurricane Maria. And it's definitely not getting enough coverage. Also not getting enough focus. Protests are continuing in Iran. I hope you've seen this, but you probably haven't. Brave Iranian women are burning their hijabs as hundreds and now thousands protest the death of a young woman named Masa Amini. Powerful acts of protest and defiance this week all across Iran, where women are required to wear hijabs or headscarves in public. And outrage is growing all across the country. Protests are rolling because the police took this young woman into custody for not wearing a hijab. Thousands took to the streets. Videos are emerging from towns and cities all across Iran, ranging from the capital city of Tehran to more traditionally conservative places like Mashhad. There's video of protesters chanting, women, life, freedom. Others setting bonfires, fighting with police, and removing and burning their headscarves. Shouting, not death to America, but death to the dictator. In one video in Tehran, young protesters march around a bonfire at night, chanting, we are the children of war. Come on and fight, and we'll fight back. There's fighting of all kinds everywhere in the world right now, and occasionally, peace. It seems like ancient history already, but since the last show, unions and rail companies reached an agreement to avert a strike. President Biden stepped in and deserves a win for that one. There's no peace in Ukraine, but there is good news. Ukraine continues to pound the Russians and send them on the run. And there was a great tweet this week from Anton Garashenko, who describes himself as a Ukrainian patriot, and he was advisor to the Minister of Internal Affairs in Ukraine. He wrote, One large army was a legend and became a myth. One small army was a myth and became a legend. History puts everything in its places. Oh, you lose. 
And history is putting things in its place. And this week, over 200 Ukrainian fighters, including the now legendary commanders of the Azov's battalion that fought in Mariupol, they were released in an exchange with Russia, the biggest exchange so far. Also a part of the exchange, two U.S. military veterans, Alexander Druke and Andy Tai Hun, U.S. military veterans that we talked about on this show and were detained since June, were released as part of the deal. Druki is an Army veteran, and Hoon is a Marine, and they both left Alabama for Ukraine in April and met there. And their families had reported that they lost contact with them in early June, and photos started emerging online showing the men in captivity. We covered it here on this show, and now they're free and on their way home, and I would be happy to have them on this show to tell their story. And to underscore how bad things are going for Russia... Putin has now announced a partial mobilization of Russia's military and called up the reserves. He's escalating his war in Ukraine and calling up more and more Russians. And Russians are responding by getting the hell out. They're leaving the country in droves. The AP is reporting that international flights departing from Russia have either sold out or skyrocketed in price since Putin's announcement of the mobilization of the reserves. It's gotten so bad. The Russians are getting out any way they can. And there's a traffic jam at the border with Finland, which is the only country allowing Russians in. It's 35 kilometers long and counting. So the fighting is continuing and overflowing. And when war hit Ukraine, Ukrainians fled to the U.S., where we handled it pretty well as a nation. We covered it on this show. It was an example of how the U.S. can rise to a moment, be a beacon of hope, and help those who need it most. But that hasn't always been the case. And it's not the case now in another part of the world. A part of the world we were at war with until just a year ago. Other shows focus on what's happening. On this show, I'm always going to focus on what's happening next. We'll amplify and focus on stories that most of the mainstream media doesn't or hasn't yet. Many times over the last couple of years, We've covered an issue first. We've had a guest on first, only to have other shows follow our lead and even steal our ideas. But we're going to stay ahead of the pack regardless. We're going to stay ahead of the curve. And we'll toggle between national security, veterans and military issues, and politics from an independent view and with a focus on the independent movement and landscape, like we did in the last show with co-founder of the Forward Party, Governor Christy Todd Whitman. But I also want to use this show to elevate voices. I want to use whatever platforms I have to amplify good causes and good leaders. Issues that not enough people are focused on, but that everyone should be. If you want to hear the same six stories over and over again at nauseum every single hour, then go ahead and turn on MSNBC, CNN, or Fox. If you want to find the five eyes, stick with me. And I'll bring you independence, integrity, information, inspiration, and impact. And light to contrast the heat. That means insight, stories, and information that will hit your brain and your heart. Not just get you fired up or force you to watch the same old partisan food fight you see on TV and social media all day, every day. Nah. And we're going to shine a light on those lighting the fire, those fighting the fights those holding the line, and those leading the way.
And that includes staying in touch with some of the important, iconic, and inspiring Americans you've heard on this show before, our so-called returning champions who are continuing to battle in ways you might not track on. And this episode is another example. If you're a regular listener of this show, you know this name. If not, you're about to learn the name of a leader you won't soon forget. He's an activist, an author, an organizer, a conscience for America, and one of the hardest working men I know. Matt Zeller. Matt Zeller has been a regular on this show. He joined us first to predict the collapse of Afghanistan after the U.S. pullout. That was back in episode 121 in August of 2021. And then he joined us again on episode 138 in October of 2021. Then he came back a year later in August 2022, episode 183, to update us on how bad it got in Afghanistan. And then recently, he took us inside the PAC Act with Jon Stewart and previewed the action that needed to be taken for our Afghan allies. Now, that action is underway. Last week, along with leaders from the Afghan-American, humanitarian, and veterans community, Matt started a brand new firewatch. That means he started a campaign of activists sleeping outside the Capitol until a bill is passed. And that bill is the Afghan Adjustment Act. This is democracy at work. This is democracy evolving. This is good trouble. And this is the opposite of January 6th. If you were disgusted by that, you'll be inspired by this. This is hope. And as we say all the time around here, hope is the oxygen of democracy. And as fall starts, it's time for a big heaping dose of it. Welcome to the ongoing fight to save our Afghan allies. Welcome to the ongoing fight to protect and defend the soul of America. Welcome to a conversation with one of the most hardworking Americans I know. Welcome to the Firewatch. Welcome to Independent Americans, episode 189. Ladies and gentlemen, independent Americans around the country, around the world, and especially inside of Afghanistan, we are keeping our focus on what is happening inside Afghanistan and how it impacts people back here at home. We've always wanted this show to be something that raises up issues that aren't front and center yet. This is an issue we hope will be soon, and we are proud and thankful to welcome back a returning champion, 
and friends, the great and powerful Matt Zeller and some powerful and dynamic activist friends of his join us right now. Welcome back to Independent Americans, Matt. Thanks for having me, Paul. So question I ask everybody, where are you right now for folks who are listening, especially, and how are you? Uh, I'm at the Capitol and I'm exhausted. So tell I'm folks. At, yeah, we're at, we're, we're at, uh, if you might recall, the veterans community organized the end of uh, July, August to conduct what was called a fire watch at the Capitol to get something called the PACT Act done. And the mm-hmm. Afghan community saw that, saw how effective it was, and uh, decided to organize one of their own support called something the Afghan Adjustment Act. Uh, That kicked off a week ago today. Uh, So we've been out here now for a week straight. And they contacted the veterans community and asked us if we could come out and help join them uh, and, you know, show solidarity for their 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 cause here. You've been on the show three times. Last time it was coming right out of the PAC deck. So this audience knows you. We've been tracking on you. We've seen it come full circle. Tell us who is behind you, either specifically or generally. A lot of folks have been rotating through. You've been doing hourly updates online. Who are the men and women standing behind you and around you, especially for folks who can't see them and are listening? Yeah, sure. So, so having mostly is a number of Afghans, either former interpreters, uh, recent evacuees themselves. Uh, my personal interpreter from the war, the guy who saved my life, Janice, is, is standing just over my, my right shoulder here. And then there's also a number of veterans here. Um, we've got a gentleman who flew in from Sebago Lake, Maine area yesterday. Uh, my brother James here came in from Ohio last week and has been here every day since. Uh, we've got uh, a, a gentleman over to my left shoulder here. Uh, Zabi flew in from Dubai, <laughs> from the other side of the world. So it, we, we literally have folks coming from all over the world to be here stand with our Afghan brothers and sisters and veterans and send a message to Congress that we're not leaving until this job gets done. Uh, Let's be clear about this, Paul. 13 United States Marines put themselves in between a suicide bomber and these Afghans. They gave the ultimate sacrifice, believing that the Afghans that they were protecting were getting on airplanes and coming to their new lives in America forever. The only way we're ever going to actually truly finish that mission and honor those Marines' sacrifice is to get the Afghan Adjustment Act passed and to ensure that the people that they were protecting do, in fact, have a permanent home here in the United States. So let's, let's talk political strategy and tactics here so folks can help. You and I have obviously been in text contact throughout this and will be going forward. And you're, you're trying to get the Afghan Adjustment Act Past. You've talked about that on the show. Who specifically is standing in the way or needs to be influenced right now? Chuck Grassley. So last week we had an interview, uh, interview. we had a meeting with uh, him and his staff, a guy by the name of Drew. And uh, Drew kind of models himself, himself to be, he, he sort of, I think in his own mind, probably thinks he's like this young Stephen Miller type guy. And it's very clear he's trying to make a, a career move out of this for himself by being the staff member that, that killed the Afghan Adjustment Act. So we, we met with Senator Grassley last week. Uh, in that meeting were faith leaders from Iowa, uh, Iowa veterans, Iowa voters, uh, the, the Chamber of Commerce, um, 
you know, so the Iowa business community, we tried to bring as, as broad of a swath of Iowa society as we possibly could to this meeting to show Senator Grassley just how much support there already is within his own voter constituency for this bill. We also, by the way, polled the American people. And what we learned is that some 76% of the American people, both Republicans and Democrats, support the Afghan Adjustment Act. We presented all of this to Senator Grassley. We presented the arguments around the national security implications that will transpire if we fail to do this. You know, the fact that no one will ever trust us again going forward. We talked to Senator Grassley about the fact that there are 300,000 Afghan lives that have been left behind whose very existence is on the line with this bill. And it went one, in one ear and out the other with him. He just could not care less. His staff member, Drew, at that point proceeded to lie throughout the entire meeting to the senator's face and to these assembled constituents. He outright lied about what was in the bill. And then he proceeded to insinuate that Senator Lindsey Graham, one of the Republican co-sponsors of the bill, somehow didn't actually believe in the bill at all and didn't really want to be a co-sponsor in the first place. He actually insinuated, this is again, an unelected staff member, insinuated, suggested in a meeting outright that there there wasn't really truly bipartisan support for this bill, that somehow Senator Graham would endorse and sponsor a bill he truly didn't believe it. I mean, it's just, it's preposterous. So can so I yeah. stay on that point for you? So, so, yeah, so, sure. Gra- so Grassley is the new Pat Toomey, right? So Pat Toomey tried to stop the PAC Act. Now yes. we've got Chuck Grassley and his staff that need to feel the pressure and the weight of you guys standing out there for weeks in the rain, in the crappy weather, leaving your families behind from, you know, Sebago Lake. Shout out to Sebago Lake and all my friends in Maine. I was up there this summer to Dubai. You got people from all over the world converging. But I want to put a point on the pressure, Matt, because I think that's what you and John Stewart and others did so effectively. So Grassley's up now. You've got some co-sponsors. Hopefully, over the course of the next couple of days, every single member of Congress will come through and show face and take a picture with you guys like they did last time. We also need the president. Have you have you spoken to the White House and have you gotten any response from the White House? And is is there a, is there a world where Biden drops by? He said he was going to drop by the PAC Act Firewatch, and he sent McDonough, the VA secretary. Uh, what have you heard from the White House? Matt, I'd love for the, the White House to actually stop by. It would be the first opportunity for the president to actually ever meet any of the Afghan evacuees. He still hasn't met once with any Afghan community member or any of the Afghan population that were evacuated last year. So what an opportunity it would be for him to actually get to meet these people along with the veterans who are supporting them. So, you know, Mr. President, if you see this, you're invited, come on down. Um, I I agree with you. I I hope that members of Congress stop by. But Paul, the reality is, is that Chuck Grassley kind of holds all the cards in this. And and, and his, his, his obstruction to this really makes absolutely no sense. In 1975, he voted for the Indochina Manchurian Resettlement Act, which was the law that brought the Vietnamese out of Vietnam and into the United States during the, the evacuation of Saigon. And then in 1980, he voted for the Asia-American Immigration Act, which was the law that allowed the Vietnamese to adjust their status and a stay in the United States forever. Neither of those laws ever allowed or required the Vietnamese to undergo any type of additional vetting. 
And yet Chuck Grassley voted for them, no problems. When you ask Chuck Grassley, and we did, okay, what is your concern here? Why won't you support this? He doesn't have an answer. You say, okay, well, what do you want to do if we do nothing? He doesn't have an answer. When you point out Senator Grassley, if we pass this law, it will require every Afghan who would like to remain in the United States to apply for an adjustment of status. And that part of that application process will then require them to undergo the very vetting that you seek right. them to undergo. He still doesn't have a response to why so let's, he should so be I, against I think, it. I think like it, you, it there, there is no logical reason for people to oppose this bill. Long and short, it comes down to xenophobic racism. That's why people are against this. They don't want brown-skinned Muslims staying in this country. That's it. And they're think, not, they, don't have a leg, they don't have a leg to stand on. And, and they're so, going to hurt and kill veterans now and in future wars if we don't get this law passed. You, you make a powerful case, always, right? And you have the righteous high ground. Um, and the, the challenge now is amplifying this and putting the pressure on Grassley, on, on everyone, and making it almost inevitable. You guys have been out there for a week. You know, as we're talking, you're looking over your shoulder because members of Congress have promised to come by. Well, so, they're, they're already here. They're okay. stuck up and by right So now. tell them I would love to me. talk to them when they get done with you, if they're up for that. Uh, tell them that lots of folks would like to hear from them and hear, hear why they're there and why others aren't there. But you've been there for a week. What's your no shit assessment? You know, as a veteran yourself, how long do you think you're going to have to be out there? Best case scenario, worst case scenario to, to get this passed. Best case scenario, they pass it in the next week and something called the continuing resolution. Most likely scenario is they're here till at least end of December and they pass it in something called the, uh, the omnibus bill. And look, let's be clear. These are Afghans. They've been through 40 years of war. They've been through famine. They've been through the Taliban and Al Qaeda. This is a picnic in the park. <laughs> this is easy for them. They literally have Starlink internet satellite, uh, satellite internet, thanks to Elon Musk. Now, like, they're not going anywhere. They're in this for the duration. Well, and as long as they're out here, veterans are going to be here with them. And we're going to have your back. I, I'm just going to ask you to do one thing: turn around to them first of all, and make sure that they, I know they can't hear me. Tell them thank okay. you from all of us. Tell your Paul guys. Wants to say your thank guys. You. Paul says, guys, Paul, come here for a second. Paul says, Paul says, thank you. He wants to and, say thank and you. And ask, ask them if they have more faith in America or less faith. Raise their hand if they have more faith you, in America than you they have, did before. I, he wants to know, raise your hand if you have more faith in America. Raise your right hand if you have more faith in America. Raise your left hand if you have less faith. <laughs> All right. More Everybody's, faith, right hand. More faith, right hand. Hold them up. Not not like that, like with a fist, with a fist. More faith, right hand. Okay. More right. faith, right hand. All right, there you go. And let, let me just ask them one last question. Are, are they confident that they can they can do this and, and get it done? Are you guys confident we're gonna get this done? Absolutely. Absolutely, they say. Absolutely. Excellent. He, Excellent. He says well, James says this process right here gives us more faith. Well, you guys are giving us faith. I know you got to go and, and twist some arms. Know that we appreciate you. The men and women standing behind you are heroes. We will continue to amplify it. Matt, you continue to be a conscience for America and an inspiration. And now it's got a multiplicable effect. You're, you're, you're creating other leaders that are doing the same in, in your image. And tell them thank you from all of us. And we've got your back. Stay vigilant.
Thanks, brother. You know, that's, I would say one final word. That's been the coolest thing is watching these Afghans learn to become empowered advocates. This is their first time in their life where they felt truly secure and safe to do this. And it's just been tremendous to watch them come into their own. Uh, this is really going to change the community in a positive way for the better going forward. It, 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 we're seeing the awakening of the movement here. We really are. Tell them I look forward to all of them, to include you, being elected and serving in that building behind you. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. I'll talk soon. Thank you, brother. Take care. Bye. You've heard him here before, and you just heard him again. Matt Zeller is a true hero and a true helper. Follow him on Twitter. He's posting every single hour. And he's also elevating the voices of others, courageous Afghans, who are showing incomprehensible levels of bravery and now citizenship. And together, they show what being a true helper is really all about. Always look for the helpers. There will always be helpers. You know, even just on the sidelines, because if you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. The helpers are out there. We see it every single day, despite the carnage, despite the war, despite all the drama, the helpers are out there. And I'm posting them all the time on social. So check out the hashtag, look for the helpers on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and share yours. Tell me who you are inspired by, and I'll share it with the rest of the folks out there. And while you're on social, be sure to play Guest to Guest every Wednesday. Look for the hashtag Guest to Guest or find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And you can go ahead and guess the guest. Find out if you can guess ahead of time who the guest is. And check out independentamericans.us. You can see video of my conversation with Matt and the gang on Capitol Hill. I did another interview from inside my New York City apartment. If you haven't heard, I am back. And the boxes are almost all gone. Not quite yet. But you can look inside my house, you can see Matt Zeller and the crew on the hill, and you can get all our past episodes. Go back and check out every episode with Matt Zeller. He's got an incredible story, and he's been very generous in sharing it with us on this show for the last couple of years. That's all at independentamericans.us. You can also support this show by joining our Patreon community. For just five bucks a month, you can be a part of making this show happen. And I want to give a shout out to all of those Patreon members. They're with us every single month and they got an exclusive heads up on who our guest is. I always send them a message the night before and tell them first who our guest is. Also, we'll send you extra content, discounts on merchandise, and most importantly, you make this show happen. So thanks to all of our Patreon community members. If you are not one yet, please join us. If you're online playing fantasy football or you're getting ready for the fall or your football team's already 0-3, whatever your reasoning, just join our Patreon team. You can be on a winning team, the Righteous Media team. And Righteous is continuing to bring you the five eyes and all our podcasts and everything we do. And that's coming to you only because of the powerful and mighty Righteous Media team led by creative Chris Rosenthal, brilliant Bill Schultz, precise Paula Hernandez, and of course, by my wife and amazing, feisty, exhausting two little boys. Of late, all night, I don't even need a reason why. Yeah, the, the boys are back in school. They're in school from basically 8 a.m. to 5.30 with after school stuff every single day. It's the first time in over two and a half years they've been out of the house that long. It's been strange. It's been great. And it's been a little tough on me, on my heart. But they're doing great. We're adjusting. 
We're thriving and soccer is on full blast. We are enjoying the hell out of the New York Yankees and the run they're on and Aaron Judge. The Giants are even 2-0. And my boys are adjusting to being back in the big city after living in the country, which has its ups and downs. My little guy keeps trying to pee everywhere. He's used to living in the country and he's peeing in the city just like he lived in the country. He's only three. So when he has to pee, he sometimes wanders off and pulls down his pants and pees. And I had to explain him, buddy, you can't pee in the street. And he said to me, but daddy, why not? It's outside. And I said, yeah, buddy, but the rules are different in the city. And he said to me, but the doggies pee outside. (laughs) I said, you're right, buddy. But unfortunately, and probably unfairly, the rules are different for the dogs than they are for you. But nevertheless, we are back in New York. We are adjusting. My country boys are back to being city boys. And I'm also adjusting myself to the noise, to the pace. It's a big change to go from the country to the city. Any of you who've done it know that. But there's also nothing like New York City in September. The sports, the energy, the weather, and there's nothing like seeing a live music show in New York City. And last week, I saw my old friend Craig Semino for the first time since before the pandemic. Like many of you, I've been reconnecting with friends I haven't seen in years, and it was awesome. We drank beers, we drank whiskey, we had a smoke, and we went to see an awesome rock and roll show at the legendary Beacon Theater. And this is the guy we saw. Marcus King. I saw him for the first time last summer on Bel Air Mountain, opening for Nathaniel Rateliff at the first live show I'd seen since COVID hit. And he completely blew me away. Me, Lori, and the boys were riveted. He's one of the best young talents I've ever seen live, ever. And one of the best guitar players I've seen live. And now he was my first live show since I was back in New York City. Marcus King, solo at the legendary Beacon It was amazing. It was like my church. So I want to share that with you. I want to share the gospel. Listen to everything he's done because this dude is very special. And start with this song. Hardworking man. man. It's like a freight train. And it's a song for all of us right now. Hardworking men and hardworking women. And it's definitely a song that epitomizes the spirit of Matt Seller. And also, check out the song I played earlier in the Matt Zeller intro. It's called Dark Cloud, all off of Marcus King's new album. He's incredible. And just like I want to keep you ahead of the news, I want to keep you ahead of music, too. Other shows play what's big. We play what will be big. And we'll keep you ahead of the curve and keep you motivated. Because Marcus King's roots come from the blues. And this is a time for the blues. The tumult, the emotion the sadness, the mourning, it's all in the blues. But it's also the time for the fire, the inspiration, and the rock and roll goodness that can carry you forward. So stay vigilant this fall, my friend, because eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. And no, you're not alone in your vigilance. We are all vigilant, and we're all in this together. From Afghanistan to the capital, from Puerto Rico to Ukraine, from Ukrainian singer Andrei 
Calviniuk, and Boombox, to South Carolina's Marcus King. From recently released Americans Alexander Druke and Andy Tyhoon, to the brave men and women standing and sleeping outside the Capitol with Matt Zeller right now, to you. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Thank you for listening. Down with Putin. Slava Ukraini. Stay vigilant, America. And crank it up. Media.